Good people who have traveled from villages near and far, lend me your ears. That's disgusting. Made of fail. We were unpopular before it was cool. Well, hello, Mr. Phantom Pants. Help me out here, Spock. I don't speak loser. Listen to yourself, man. You're hanging with nerds. Welcome once again to Made a Fail. I, as always, am Dana. Known to these two fine people as Anthi, Archmage Anthi. Um, this is going to sort of be a WoW-related podcast, but please don't leave yet if you don't play WoW. I promise this is going to relate to real-life stuff. We have with us tonight, from my wonderful Alliance Guild on Earth and Ring USA, please welcome Arielin. Guild mom, say hi. That would be Ari, me. That would be you. Hi. This is where you <laughs> yes, say hi. I'm guild mom. And uh, raid daddy, <laughs> our raid leader over there, <laughs> Jarek. Hello, hello. What are you two up to tonight? Well, I have been uh, crusading throughout Azeroth, doing every single quest that I've missed over the past couple months. So that's kept me busy for most of the day. As, as clearly you are the greatest warrior in all of Azeroth, according to Odin, who says that to everybody, I heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear rumors going around. He's saying that to everybody. He is such a warrior slut. <sighs> Ari, how you doing? I was doing a little bit of WoW earlier today, but I was also doing a lot of coordination since we're making a guild legendary storyline. And we're currently in the midst of putting that together. Well, let's take a few minutes just real quick just to talk about, like, who you guys are, what you play other than WoW, what other nerd shit you're into, any kind of, like, real-life info you're comfortable sharing, that sort of thing. Ari, you go first. We'll do it alphabetical. All righty, then. Well, um, so... I guess my title, as as I was introduced, was Guild Mom. I I guess (laughs) to put this out there, I'm the the Guild Master of Anthi's Guild that she's been part of for a couple of years now. And in real life, what do I do? Well, in real life, I, I always write, which is why I really enjoy being in a role-play guild and leading it. But I've done website design. I've been a project manager. I've been a consultant running around in high-paced agencies, which, to be honest, at the end of the day, it is super nice to kick back and play World of Warcraft with a group of people who are just a pleasant a pleasant group of people to be with most of the time. I mean, sometimes oh, they start... No, no, I don't, well, no, no, I know what you're implying. No, no, that's fine. That's when, fine. when the puns start up... <laughs> And Dana is a big, big comment. Sorry, my cat's talking to the fire. <laughs> Chiming in. She agrees with me because she often plays on the desk with me while I'm playing WoW, listening to your puns. But I can, I can hear no, the cat in the background. Wonderful. So in real life, I'm a nerd. Um, and then by night, I'm a nerd. And a maniac on the dance floor. Jarek, your turn. Yeah, so um, as she introduced, I am the raid leader for the guild. Uh, I've also been an officer in the guild for many years now. Uh, I play a protection warrior as the main tank for the Black Watch, which is the name of our raid group. Uh, We've been going strong for many years now, tackling content. Uh, It's always been great because we've always had a great group to run with. Um, 
you know, we're always just out to have fun. So uh, it's just, it's fun. You know, we, we, we do it on Thursday nights and we just kick back and kill some bosses, drink some beers and just have a good time. Um, outside of wow, I, uh, I dabbled in guild wars two for quite some time. Uh, I play final fantasy every now and then pretty casually. Um, real life i've done quite a few things uh the past 10 or so years of my life i've spent uh doing everything from facility management to jumping out of airplanes to whitewater rafting to traveling all over the u.s so it's kept me pretty busy but it's kind of nice because i've got these opportunities to come home and sit down at my computer fire up wow and relax with some of the best people that I know on the internet. So do it's I always a pretty good time. Someday, or? Have I ever met the people in the No, guild? I said, do I get to meet these people someday? These, these, the best people on the internet. Cause you know, we just got us. Never mind. I'm not funny. Well, yeah. Don't talk. Two, two of them are in this, in this podcast right now. <laughs> Only two. Only two. That means one of us. One of us is not. I'm not counting myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Derek's not fun. <laughs> oh, we know. I'm the most boring guy in the world. You, yeah, but well, he's right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that started as just a stupid joke, and now it's caught on so hard. I it's can't believe that away. fucking caught on. I don't know um, about Ray Dad and so hard in the same sentence. But I'm Tish. All right, uh, going back to Ari, let's start with what drew you into the world of Warcraft? Funnily enough, it was just college. So I was in college, and I'd always played video games a lot, um, enjoyed them immensely. Back then, I was more of a console player, because I didn't really have a computer that was good enough to play games back when I lived at home. But I had a bunch of friends in college that were playing World of Warcraft, and we'd be sitting there on our little blanket at night, smoking hookah, thinking we were so cool, playing a little, you know, playing a little bit of LimeWire on, uh, you know, a computer laptop that we brought out there, and... They would just almost be speaking a different language when they started talking about World of Warcraft. You guys now know what I'm talking about. When WoW players get together, and they start just talking about the game. They start using all these terms, all these places, all these people. <laughs> and to an outsider, it makes no sense whatsoever. I was, I was joking about that on Twitter. About uh, I think it was Ghostcrawler that was talking about League. And he started talking... I don't even know what the fuck he said. But I was like, is this what I sound like when I'm talking about WoW to civilians? And everybody was like, Yes! Yes, exactly. It is exactly that. And it sounded like it was a lot of fun. I had never played an MMO before, so this was my first. And bought the game, started playing it with my real-life friends, enjoyed it. Over time, they kind of dropped out and they didn't play anymore. But about two years later, I came across the Templars the Rose, and the rest is history. So that would be 2007 when I joined Templars the Rose. Oh, God, I feel so old. All right, Jarek, your turn. Almost a decade strong, man. This guild has really survived the test of time. It's almost 11 years. Yep. Uh, so what drew me to WoW? Well, uh, I've always been a video game player as well. I also started off on console. Uh, I was big into Warcraft. Warcraft 2 especially was my mainstay for a long time. It was one of the first games that I ever played online. You're specifying um, the RTS games, right? The RTS game, okay. yes. So, uh, so yeah, so I played a lot of Warcraft 2, but I only played the first one, so I never really got into the lore, and I never saw through the Dark Portal. So, 
when uh, I was hanging out at a friend's house one day and another friend had come walking down the street. We went outside to meet him and he came bearing news about this game called World of Warcraft that was going to be coming into beta soon. I think there was maybe like a year between when he told me and when beta came out. And so he told me about this game and and you know I started doing some research on it and it looked like just the most phenomenal game I've ever seen. And uh yeah, so I got into the beta, uh the closed beta, the open beta, went straight into vanilla and I played a couple different things. Uh, I think I played a dwarf paladin back in the day, my first go around. Played a dwarf hunter my second go around, and then when launch finally happened, I rolled Jarek, which is obviously my current character, and I've been playing him ever since the game's been out now. Damn, that's a long time to hold on to a character. Yeah, what can I say? I've become attached. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just so sad that you started with Paladin and then you scaled down to Warrior. It's just... Oh, see, honestly, I think it's the opposite. Honestly, a shame. <laughs> oh, no, you just did not. See, oh. I started Shaman, switched to Paladin, and never went back. Mm-hmm. See, Didn't even try Warrior, actually. I did later. Spoken did. like a true sister of the light. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I played a Paladin in vanilla, and I stuck with it. That says a who lot, need, by the way. Did you just say who needs the light when you have muscles? Fuck off. Hell yeah. <laughs> you need to accept the, the light tool to would your like heart. to have a word with you. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, Dad, don't fight. Um, what led you, Ari, to becoming the Guildmaster of Templars? So I joined Templars the Rose in November 2007. The guild was founded the month prior in October. And like many guilds that first start out, it actually fell apart. Um, a lot of people that actually had founded it and the original Guildmaster all were gone within the first month. And I always like to say when you when you start a guild... You have to get past the first month, then you have to get past the first six months, then you have to get past the first year. And then after that, it all comes down to the activity of the leadership. Um, but I came in, and I think within about two weeks of me joining, I became an officer. And, and from there, I was just very active and in a lot of ways was a point person for the guild, even early on when I was not leading it. But a year and a half later, I became the GM. I actually may have become the GM a bit earlier, but... Around the time when the previous GM wanted to retire, I was graduating from college and I was actually overseas. I was living in London, five, hour, five hours ahead of everybody, and I didn't bring my gaming laptop with me because I knew that the internet connection that I was going to have was not going to be awesome anyway. So when I came back in September, that's whenever the reins were passed to me. So that was October 2009. So really, I kind of had already been doing some sort of degree of it when I first joined the guild. And then after that, it really, after the reins were turned to me, kind of went, went, just kept going from there. And the guild has changed significantly. And I, I don't say that in a bad way. We were a very small roleplay guild and maybe had about 10 dedicated people around the time whenever I became GM. And these days, I think I counted about 60 people who are currently active. We're a roleplay guild that regularly raids, which is a very rare thing. But I'm very, very grateful for it because I really sucked at RP when I started. Now I'm like writing stories and shit. So that's because that's exactly guys. what we shoot for too. See? Yeah, we like we like to teach people how to role play. Mm -hmm. Um, Jarek, how did you get to your raid leader position? Well, <clears throat> so it all started back in 2009 for me as well. Uh, Ari became GM in October, as she said, and two months later. I applied on the word of my good friend. Uh, his in-game name was Bill. 
many of the older members of Templars remember him. He was actually the one that uh, first started the mug and sandwich, which obviously he's a Draenei, so he's got that little accent going on. I was wondering. So, uh, so yeah, so he... I was in a guild. It started to uh, fall apart because the leadership quit the game. You know, they were getting married, and um, and nobody wanted to take over the reins. And I wasn't in a position where I could take over the reins because I was so busy. So as the guild was falling apart, Bill told me about Templars, and I decided to put in an application. Now, back then, right after Ari became GM, the application process was basically non-existent. You would just submit an app. Uh, there was no waiting period or anything. And Kanta, who was the recruiting officer at the time, would come contact you, sit you down for like a five-minute conversation, and then you'd be in the guild. It was maybe ten minutes in total. And uh, I sent in the application, and maybe like a week passed, and Kanta never reached out to me. Now, keep in mind, I'm good friends with Kanta now, but I didn't know him at the time. So I didn't know what kind of person he was or how long it would take for him to reach out to me. Or so finally, he could vote or not, you know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was what thirteen at the time. I don't know. <laughs> he was not thirteen, but he certainly was about fourteen when I first met him. And no, I'm just Kanta is the youngest Templar. Even though the guild has been around for nine years, we haven't recruited people younger than him. Oh my God, he's guild so baby. He is guild baby. If your mom and dad Kanta's guild baby. <laughs> Actually, he's more like my little brother. But oh. okay, sorry, Cher, go ahead. <laughs> Tangled webs we weave over here, but uh, yeah, so. So I I, uh, I didn't get contacted by Kanta in a timely fashion. So I asked Bill, I said, who's the GM of the guild? And he said, oh, that's Arielin. I said, okay, I'm going to reach out to her. I didn't know her either at the time. So I reach out to her. I whisper her in December of 2009. And I said, hey, you know, I after the guild, but nobody's contacted me. She's like, all right, well, you know, why don't we meet up? We met at the Pig and Whistle. Went upstairs, sat at a corner table, and just chatted about the guild. And we maybe had a 20-minute in-character conversation, and she invited me into the guild. And I think it was at the end of January or maybe the beginning of February the next year, so two months later, uh, I became an officer as well because by that point I was able to be a lot more active. And uh, yeah, so from there, we tackled a lot of five-man content, and we pushed the boundaries there, but... Now, back then, we didn't really have a whole lot to push because five-man content wasn't really relevant. So when we got into Blackwing Descent, I was unfortunately away. I had just moved, and I wasn't in the game. So they started raiding, and I think it was about a month and a half into Blackwing Descent, I started raiding again, and that's where I took up the mantle of tank for the raid group. And then... Basically, from there, uh, it just kind of all came together. Uh, I stepped into the position of raid lead because Ari was taking care of that, as well as I think it was Alexander. And, uh, you know, she obviously, she's Guildmaster. She's got a lot to take care of. So I stepped into the role. And ever since then, that's just where I've been. Now, veering slightly away from WoW and kind of towards real life, which I know some people have. I've heard rumors, stories. I read it in the newspaper sometimes. <laughs> um, what is it? What is it specifically about you guys and your personalities that drew you towards these roles of leadership? And has WoW and 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 doing all this organization and cat herding, how has that impacted your real lives in any way? Ari. 
And this is a question that I'm actually still trying to answer. Now, for the first time, actually, in nine years since I started running this guild, I started putting this guild on my resume because it, I finally realized I have essentially been running. I would like to almost call a small business, except obviously you don't make money off of it. So that's not the right term for it. But you're running a small organization. And it comes with all of the trappings and it comes with all of the detail and all of the work. And it's no small thing. Prior to being a GM, probably some of the best training I had for this job, believe it or not, was being a resident advisor in college. Because uh-huh. that's kind of what it is. You're with people. You're helping them out. That's my phone. Oh, wow. The number that just called me was 999 999 Seems kidding. legit. Seems legit. Pretty sure that's <laughs> I just think pick it up. No, I hung up on that thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, but being a resident advisor actually is a major thing that helped prepare me for this role because you are living with people all the time in a hallway, you know, everything about them. And you have to build trust, but you also have to guide them, which is a lot of what I, how I approach being a GM. In real life, it's not surprising that a lot of things that I've done, I at always some point seem to rise in some sort of leadership role within the organizations that I join. Is and that just I some actually sort found... of, do you think that's some sort of just innate personality trait or is it something that you feel has been sharpened by some of the stuff that you've done in game? A little bit of both. Growing up, I was always the kid that kind of led the pack. Um, it just so it kind of kind of happened. I'm a five foot four tall person and I'm not a very tall person, um, but it's just something that always has been. I guess a trait that I've had. And I also feel super uncomfortable talking about myself, which is why I'm like, ah. but anyways. In organizations, um, it's not unusual for me to rise to a leadership position at some point in time. But I've gotten better at it over the years, and a lot of it is because of this guild. I have management positions on my resume, but the biggest one would definitely be this one. And so I put that on my resume to kind of explain why I was able to very recently run a small startup business and all of its different trappings, surprisingly very effectively, and nothing really seemed to bother me. I had uh, my superior was actually less prepared than I was to handle it. And I guess being a guildmaster all these years, constantly being in tell hell, getting whispers all the time, getting PMs, getting people asking you about unrelated things, people bidding for your time to look at their latest transmog or read their latest journal or just give them advice, um, officers bringing up things and needing to do more. You're always being pulled in 10,000 directions at once, whether it be for formal business or informal business. And... In real life, when I was running a business, none of that got to me. When it, when fires needed to be put out, I was cool, calm, collected, not surprised in the least. And people commented on that, and it was very hard to be like, well, it's because I run a guild. Oh, you have no idea what that means. Mm, <laughs> Civilians again. Yeah, exa- it, it kind of almost feels like that. But surprisingly, over the nine years I've done this, I've actually had to explain it less because people are starting to understand what it means. I read an article that said, being a guildmaster or raid lead, believe it or not, Jarek, so I might send you this article, is like getting a master's degree in business. Really? Yes, because it teaches you all that you have to do to run an organization. Doesn't teach you how to make money, though. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, a little bit, if you think about, you know, making gold, enough gold in World of Warcraft for a guild to sustain guild repairs, it's Kind of, but not really. Or enough to pay for your subscription, which is what I've done since the gold, uh, the game tokens came out. <laughs> I don't think I've paid for it since then. See, there you go. But that's 
that's really, I guess, where I've been previously and kind of how it sort of helps me now. And people are actually very interested to ask me about it these days. So it's, if anything, it's something that I wasn't able to talk about almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But these days, I can be a lot more open about it. I also have nine years of doing it, so hopefully I know something by now. Plus, MMOs are sort of like leaking into the mainstream a lot more. What with and, and even the Warcraft movie helped. I mean, that at least put it in the consciousness of people who otherwise would have never heard of it. Yeah, I'm exactly. Say it was either, I'm not going to say how well the movie did. You know, I, I can't really judge how well the movie did, but it, it at least got Warcraft into the eyes of people who would not have otherwise seen it. Exactly. And we actually got a huge recruitment bump right around that time, too, mm-hmm. because people either returned or started the game for the first time. I think we ended up with about 25 applications. <laughs> so that's why the recruitment process has changed since Jarek. We tend to actually be inundated with applications. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think I saw like five or six in one day one time. Yes. Oh um, my goodness. Our recruitment officer was busy. <laughs> Poor Silek. All he's got to do is just kill a few of them and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens to the, the applicants that never reply. He just murders them and sticks them in the basement. Oh, that's our Silek. I don't think Silek. it's supposed to work that way. <laughs> Thins out the numbers pretty well, though. Uh, Jarek, what about you and how the game has sort of affected your real life? In, in sort of well, like confidence and leadership roles and that sort of thing? Uh, well, I've always been a confident person. I've always been in leadership positions in one way or another. Um, you know, growing up, I played baseball, soccer, football. Uh, I was generally always captain of our soccer team from the time that I started, uh, you know, playing teams where we actually had a captain uh, all the way up through high school. And then... You know, moving into college, I was in leadership positions, and then after college is when I stepped into the uh, raid leader position. But the one thing that I've always subscribed to is that the best leaders are leaders that did not want to lead in the first place, or they didn't ask to lead. Um, you know, for the GM ship, Ari kind of had that given to her, as far as I'm concerned. Is that is that pretty right? It was... No, I didn't ask for it. Um, of the officers that were there, I was the most qualified and the most experienced. Exactly. And, so when you know, she asked, I said, okay. Yeah, and, and if you look at it, you know, Ari didn't ask to become the leader, but she's been a phenomenal leader ever since she stepped into that position. And I didn't ask to be raid leader. Ari asked if I would take on that mantle, and I said yes. Uh, and it's only natural for you know, a tank to be the raid leader, in my opinion. Uh, So it worked out really well, and we've had a lot of success. And, um, you know, there's a lot of difficulties that come with being raid lead. Uh, That was actually going to be my next question, to talk about the challenges that you two have faced over the years. Well, first, I became a mind reader. Oh, okay. Get out of of my brain, you never saw that. (laughs) So, I don't yeah, even know so... how you can get into that position, to be honest. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> Boy, that would make raid leading and, and guild mastership so much easier, actually, if you were a mind reader. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, it, it, it comes with its own challenges because there are times where people want to raid, and I want everybody to raid. I want everyone to have the opportunity and to excel in that position. And unfortunately, not everybody excels. Not everyone's cut out to be a raider. 
but I will do my damnedest to make sure that they have every single chance that they do uh, to succeed. And, you know, that's what we're coming up on Legion right now. We've got a lot of new Raiders that have never been tested, and they're going to go through trials like Raiders have in the past. You know, our core group that we've been raiding with for a long time now, they weren't always perfect. You know, a lot of people had to struggle through a lot of things to get their DPS up, to uh, improve their spatial awareness, to learn mechanics, and everyone has done it, save for a couple people, which obviously no longer raid with us. Um, so being able to tackle those issues right off the bat, it's very time-consuming and it is difficult, but I love doing it. And then when you have people that aren't performing and no matter what you do, they just cannot perform, you know, you have to have these really difficult conversations with them where it's like, you know, I know you've tried so hard, but unfortunately it's just not working. Now, even if you're not raiding, I'm still willing to work with you, but you know, you're not going to be in the raid. And it's kind of looking out for the needs of the many because so many people rely on my own judgment that I have to make the right decisions or else we're going to stonewall ourselves in progress. And uh, I'd be lying if I said that it's not, you know, difficult to have those conversations sometimes. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and you only really oversee the Blackwatch, but Ari, you're sort of like I said, the mom of the entire guild. Uh, So what are some of the challenges that you tend to face that really affect you? So I'm involved in many things, just sort of being at the top, so to speak. Um, Even then, those are the kinds of words that I don't like. It's weird. It's not like I'm not a confident person. It's not like I don't know what I'm doing or not trying to assert myself. It's that I love being the stage manager. That's not on the stage. But getting everybody on time with their cues, with their lines, the spotlight where it needs to be. I can certainly be on stage if I need to, but I actually find it distracting and in a lot of ways cumbersome because you get less done. So as far as my challenges and what I do, I'm always there to assist Jarek when it comes to the Black Watch in any way or form. I'm also one of the main healers for the raid and have been for years. Um, I always am involved with recruitment and marketing for the guild because we have to put the word out there that we're around. Um, I'm always writing or coordinating or pushing some sort of role play storyline or encouraging others to do the same. So that way everyone is continuously entertained. And then it just comes down to day to day cultivation of a culture where people feel welcomed, where they feel they can have fun, that they can be themselves and they're continuously helping each other. And I guess, I guess two other things I could throw out there would be just external as well as internal mediation by external mediation is the communities that you're in occasionally stuff is going to happen either people are going to throw stuff at you or there's going to be some kind of misunderstanding and you have to be diplomatic or sometimes in some cases you have to be firm it depends on what kind of crap somebody's trying to throw at you so you have to be ready for that you have to be ready to either discipline your members if they're in the wrong or stand by them if they're being attacked by somebody Um, But also internally, occasionally things can happen, which is why I joked about being a mind reader, Um, (laughs) because oftentimes mediation, we primarily communicate through text. As such, context is gone. It's really hard to figure out what's going on. So it always just comes down to knowing people, talking to people, figuring out what happened and going from there. I guess that and all that stuff is pretty unique to any kind of GM that runs a, a role play writing guild, which is what we have. Any of those things they're probably familiar with. They're like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. 
I think the one unique thing that we have that other guilds don't is we also have a very robust website and a Minecraft server. So there's a financial component involved as well, which is something that we have a Patreon for our guild to upkeep our website and upkeep our private Minecraft server, along with a couple other small things that we have just for the guild only. And I provide all of that financial information transparently so people know where that money is being spent. So in a lot of ways, I'm also the webmaster. This is why having Jarek handle the raid when he stepped in was wonderful. This is why having Silic You're do wearing like every incredible. single hat that you possibly can find. <laughs> exactly. Thing. And you, you have to delegate. You absolutely do. And what's incredible about the officers that we have right now is that they're very, they, they have autonomy. We talk all the time. We talk all the time. We communicate. We always know what's going on in each other's courts. We're able to go into each other's courts to assist as needed, but we're otherwise able to respond to things on our own. And that's really what you need. And everybody has a job. Nobody has nothing to do. One thing I learned is never have officers that don't have a specific job. Uh Always have officers that have a specific job and they know how to do it. And I guess that I can't even remember the original question, but those are all the kind kinds of things that I do. And occasionally, occasionally, I level, do dungeons, heal, get a better eye level. Uh, Sometimes I roleplay. Sometimes I write a journal. Um, Admittedly, I end up with less time to do those things. Did you ever get your legendary ring, by the way? I'm curious. I did not. Oh, so close. I know. We don't that up anymore. (laughs) Well, you know, I think about all that was going on at that time. I was running a business. I was getting married. Um, My father had quadruple bypass surgery. I thought to myself, Ari, you perfectionist, give yourself a break for the year 2015. Just, it's okay that you didn't get your freaking legendary ring, okay? (laughs) It was just the one thing you let go. Priorities completely out of whack, see? Yeah, it was was a crazy year. let us all down. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Well, I tried to make up for it, so Clearly I threw my little heart out without that ring. <laughs> but um, really, that's that's what it is. So I'm, I always have something to do every single day. I do. And if, oftentimes I have more than what um, I have time for, but that's okay. Because you pace yourself, you do it, and it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to sound like a nice person. It is not about you, and it means it means this. If you make it about yourself, you have no business running a guild. Mm-hmm. And you are always going to be challenged all the time to step up from the fray and think about it from a perspective that includes everything. And sometimes that means when you get some bad news or you get some sort of message, you might want to go out for a walk to think about it for a second. It is never, and if I see a lot of guild leaders and other things and they kind of they create a role-playing guild so that way they can create a story around their character that's all well and good but those guilds never last yeah i think that i've told you both this story but i don't know if my listeners heard this where the first guild that i was in uh was one where ultimately the leadership failed me uh where i was uncomfortable with some of the comments another member was making um, the raid environment was very stressful. There was a lot of finger pointing and, and blaming and, you know, nothing was being worked out and there was just stress all over the place. And I got, I got Jen and I got Kelly Osha from, from over there too. Um, 
I'm so happy we got Jen because seriously, he was on the verge of collapse in that last guild because it was he was the tank. He, well, he was he was the main tank um, on his blood death night, and he was constantly being blamed for this mistake or that mistake, and he, it was just getting to him, and and the stress was so so bad, so he just quit the guild altogether. Um, but like I, I quit because of uh, certain inexcusable comments and the guild leader uh, decided not only to ignore me in whispers and emails but when I posted a comment on our message boards because he ignored those uh, initial attempts to to contact him uh, he deleted the post so I was like well I know when I'm not wanted or valued and I left and Kevin was like, hey, you should come to my guild. And I'm like, no, I'm so scared of RP. I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, well, <laughs> two years later, I, I, I can't begin to tell you both how incredibly grateful I am that you've cultivated this environment of bullshit is not tolerated and open communication between people and, and mediating problems like that. And really, that, that's, that's been a big part of why I champion the Templars of the Rose so much all the time whenever I can is is because of the welcoming environment and the forgiveness for those of us who maybe are not quite so into a leadership role and are nervous and have horrible anxiety disorders that affect her right before recording a podcast. Gosh, this is getting specific. Um, I wonder who we're talking about. <laughs> Assume that I'm always talking about myself. It's usually true. But getting back to that, actually... Let's make a point out of that. You two are the type of people you've both mentioned. You, you seem to have this tendency to lead, and you have throughout your entire lives. But what do you think that gaming communities, such as those you find in MMOs, uh, what, what can they offer people who are shy or socially intimidated? And like, how, how do you think... Like, I'm trying to put this into words, even though I have this written down. <laughs> I am a professional podcaster, people. Uh, it, it's more like, like, how do you help those people fi uh, find a way to be comfortable expressing themselves? And, and how to overcome that sort of barrier of shyness and, and intimidation? Anybody. Anytime. <laughs> I can take this one up, unless Jarek wants to start off. I had a nice little long spiel earlier. Um, r really the biggest thing for me is I'm a very inclusive person. I want to make sure that everyone's included, having a good time, knows that they're wanted. And so I'm also the type of person that would very happily, you know, jump off high heights with a parachute or go bungee jumping or, you know, just do something crazy because life is short. You might as well just get yourself out there. Right. So but, that's... but, but again, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... Like I said, you're more of a kind of take charge, you know, full speed ahead, life short kind of guy. But there are people like me who suffer from extreme anxiety and especially social anxiety, which is incredibly common among nerds. So you guys are kind of like outliers a little bit. Um, but, but how do you help those people, like, come out of their shells? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of... It's difficult, and it's case by case. No, it's a, you do provide the general environment where the most people who possibly can, can be themselves. 
and feel comfortable. That you absolutely can do. It comes down to getting the right people in the room and cultivating, like I said, that sort of culture and environment where people feel accepted, people have fun, people are able to openly communicate. But I mean, everyone is different, as you said. And Jarek is definitely, you know, he's, he's out there. And every, since, every time I've known him, I think I, ever since I've known him, I think you've lived in at least five or six different states. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, and I apologize for cutting you off there, Jarek. It's just that you are clearly an extrovert. <laughs> I don't know if you really can can answer that Some question. Some people so. would be surprised to learn that I am an introvert. I am absolutely 100% an introvert. As far as Myers-Briggs go, I am an INTJ, which is actually not someone... They can rise their leadership positions, and they, they often do. But they're also described as people who are more happy to just work in a lab all day. And just fiddle with things. So, but the things that I've done in my life have followed those patterns. But at the same time, I don't feel like I have to follow the pattern of what some damn test online told me to do. And I always try to uh, stress this. Introversion does not also mean you're shy. I would like to say that shy is something else. Right. It's not only being introverted. But that said, it helps me understand Mm -hmm. and empathize with people more. I actually have over the years, had issues with anxiety as well, not to the degree that people whom I've come to know. And so, but at the same time, it gives me that baseline. It gives me that ability to figure out, okay, where's this person coming from? And since being GM, you would, the commonality of people with depression Mm -hmm. or an anxiety or other mental illnesses is actually very common among this group, like you said. So providing, again, that baseline environment where people feel comfortable is important. Also, pointing them to people, and actually, Dana, you're a big person for this, who can, who Just kind of know where fat. they're coming from. No, <laughs> what I actually meant to say is you're kind of like the, the sort of like anxiety coach. Anxiety aunt. People. <laughs> yes, you are anxiety aunt. There you, well, I don't want to call you anxiety aunt. But, no, I kind of like that, actually. But, I mean, you're somebody who really can talk to people about that, and that's actually something that I've come to rely on a couple of times. I don't know and why. <laughs> it also comes down to a case-by-case basis. Sometimes we do it jokingly, like during raid night, mm-hmm. we have a, a sorry jar. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. A lot of our socially anxiety kind of people apologize a lot. Do we have, have a couple... Do you have to adjust for Canadians? Oh, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I don't know what the going rate is. But, um... We have people who are serial apologizers in the guild. Yeah. And some, you know, they, the whole group wipes and they say sorry 10 times and uh-huh. it has nothing to do with anything they've done. So as a joke, we're like, well, that's 20 gold of the guild bank every time you say sorry. In fact, actually, last night I had to teach one of our new raiders that that was one of our rules. So, Jerick, you'll be happy to know that we have another one and uh, she'll, <laughs> she'll have to get used to it just like everybody else. We don't want people to feel like they need to say sorry over and over again for things that they they didn't do. We don't want people to feel like they can't express themselves. And I know that some people have good days and bad days. I, so, I, get, I get personally frustrated when I see that because it's like, wow, that's exactly how I used to be and, and you're better than that. And I, I you don't have to put yourself down when like empirical evidence suggests that you're totally wrong. Like, look at the healing meters, you know, you're like number one. You know, something like that. Well, I mean, as you know, with anxiety, it's it's that sort of irrational thing that'll override all the depression lies. Depression lies, anxiety lies, and it's it's really hard to. 
I feel really bad because it's like you and me having this conversation and poor Jarek's just like, I am a people person and I don't know what you're talking about. I can describe myself as a people person too, but let me tell you, after a little while, I got to go home, wrap myself in my blanket and watch my stories. See, Jarek, here's, here's how I explain it to my, to my husband, who is definitely a people person. He's been a waiter all his life and, and he sort of, his livelihood depends on him socializing and making people feel comfortable and welcome. And he loves to go out and do things and have adventures. And I'm just like, can I just stay at home and play WoW? And he gets, it, you know, we, we've had some conflicts over that. But I told him when you're an extrovert, when you're around people, it's like a spark that rises in you. And you get energized and you're happy and, and, and you can do all these things. And it, and it sort of empowers you. Am I right? Yes? No? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I'd say yes. Okay. When you're an introvert? It's the exact opposite, where you have a spark in you to begin with, and then the more people that are around you, it sort of like drains out of you, and it, and and you start feeling sapped by it. It's sort of like a warlock casting dragon life on you. There you go. <laughs> There's wow terms for you. And it just, it sucks, man, because that, that's just introversion, and then I have social anxiety on top of that, so I don't just need to, you know, like, Ari, you you just go and you, you take some me time, and you rest, and you watch your stuff, and you have your blankets, whatever, whereas I can legitimately be forced into a panic attack, and I will crawl into a corner and shake and cry and have to take a clonopin, and it really fucking sucks. So yeah, and I that's, there are different I, degrees of severity, yes. as you just pointed out, yeah. So, so like I said, I didn't mean to really exclude you from this conversation, Jerry. It's just, I, I, I'm, I think you, you just probably don't know how how that sort of mentality works. And I wanted to explain it not only to you but to anybody else who might be listening. So, well, although Jarek, from a raid lead standpoint, you handle a lot of raiders who actually have panic attacks sometimes during the middle of our raids. Oh, I do. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times that I have been tanking a boss and. Somebody breaks down in a fight, and I'm texting or I'm, I'm message, messaging them in whispers as I'm tanking the boss. Yes, and, this has happened. We won't mention any names, but it's happened more than once. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's that's a skill that you really got to fine tune because some of those fights we go into, you don't want to miss the mark. But <laughs> I gotta say that I I can probably type about 150 words a minute now. There we go. Those are skills we didn't talk about. Our time <laughs> skills. Yep, but. Uh, before we before we move on from the subject, when you asked me earlier, that's actually what I was getting at, was that the way that I deal with that is that I do have this spark, and I give my spark, I try to give my spark to other people, and it works more often than not, where I can just encourage people to step out of their boundaries just a little bit. I'm right there with them, so they don't have anything to worry about. And from there, they realize that it's not necessarily so bad. And then they realize as well that it's not just me in the guilds who does that, but it's a majority of people. You know, if if they're if they've got that spark that they want to give out, you know, make friends with them and get out there. I can't tell you how many times that that's worked. So you're right. I I don't have um you know I, I I'm definitely an extrovert, but uh but I've got certain ways of dealing with it, and one of those ways is just basically letting people know that you know it's okay to get out there. And if you have any issues, I'm right here. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I can stress enough how important your guys' leadership is to the success of the guild as far as I've seen in the past two years. Um, the fact that people 
who I know personally have had issues with anxiety and expressing themselves. I, like, again, Jen, for an example, like, he, he was almost broken. He's got, like, PTSD from that guild, and he came over here, and instantly, you saw him. He's shown. He's RPing now. He's gotten into Star Wars. Uh, you know, making friends aside from me in the guild. It's fantastic, and I'm really, really happy to see that happen. Because I love my friends, and they're awesome. Um, but I think a lot of that is thanks to the welcoming environment that the two of you have cultivated over the years in Templars. So thank you. Now we, and it's, uh, I guess a couple things to add is we want it to be okay for people to say, Hey guys, I'm having a bad mental health day. Mm -hmm. And the response is not that awkward response that you might get sometimes in real life with the stigma that's there. Mental health is here. It's everybody. And I think it's a dumb thing that we have in the society that we can't openly talk about. And again, this is speaking as somebody who's experienced, it's been a couple of years actually since I've experienced a full on panic attack. Um, but I had, I have depression and anxiety and suicide that have occurred in my family. So it's something that I take incredibly seriously. And that's why I encourage people to be able to actually express it. Cause I think part of the problem is the stigma keeps people silent. Yeah, which makes it worse. I I've talked about this over the years more than once uh, on this podcast, where the fact that I am open about my depression, my anxiety, my suicide attempt—you know, everything—has uh, helped break down the barriers of communication that that sort of prevent people from seeking help and going out and and you know trusting people to help them feel more comfortable with that and to not feel so ashamed and to not feel so alone because i think loneliness is also a really big scourge among you know geeks and nerds and, and that sort of thing because really when we we go to play an mmo especially we are looking for a connection to people you you, you don't play wow because you don't want to socialize you know what i mean it's a social kind of game like any mmo is and yeah at some point you have to work with somebody else to get to the goal that you would like to reach yeah at some was, point yeah i was i was gonna like ask you guys the question what do you feel is the most important ingredient if you want to be part of a successful team or group of any kind but i think when you boil it down to anything it's just honesty trust and communication it is and i throw in listening as well true you you can't you can't steer a boat if you don't know the direction that people are asking to go in and the only way you know is if you actually spend time with people and you listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have to say the same. You know, when it comes to the work that I do in the guild with rating, mm -hmm. um, a lot of what I do, I base off what people are interested in doing. You know, if we've got if we've got a night where we're not going to have enough people to go do something, I can either a say that we're going to go do this, or b ask what people want to do. And because of that, we've had so many ridiculously silly crazy naked raid nights <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you know and, and night. bless that yep. toy <laughs> you know we've got no we, we mean we mean our nights. we mean our characters our characters <laughs> are naked i mean i'm sure some of our raiders are naked but i can say nothing about my state of clothedness or not that's, that's why i never turn on my webcam <laughs> get in your comfort zone guys it's time to raid in my comfort zone. I'm sure none of the guys are wearing boxers and none of the girls are wearing bras. It is a requirement. Not not boxers. I meant to say pants. <laughs> I was going to say. 
<laughs> nope, no, I just the, got my rainbow joke. suspenders and my piano tie, and that's all I need. Yes. Oh, also. tanking suspenders. So. <laughs> nope. The joke in this household is when I walk in the door, bras out, bras off. And for my husband, pants down, pants gone. No, it's, <laughs> or it's just like comfort level and stuff that we're forced to wear all day as in society as you know because you can't walk out without pants um i know it's so annoying can't walk out without a bra you take them off when you get home get in your comfort zone i actually I, guys had to wear bras or girls had junk that hung out instead of in they would probably take off their pants and take off the bras too some girls do don't be trans exclusionary oh that's very true actually and believe it or not my best friend in college who got me into wow was transgender mm-hmm so, yeah. Oh, that's another thing that I really like about Templars. It's LGBTQIA plus friendly. It is a very, very tolerant guild that doesn't tolerate, like, any kind of exclusion or any kind of, like, you know, political BS or anything like that. I, I, I really like the fact that everybody can really just be who they are and not feel judged for it. I think not feeling judged is a really big goal for anybody in any kind of, like, outsider capacity. That's a really big common fear. Yeah, exactly. It was. It's one of those. We don't care who you are, where you're from. But how's um, your deeps? How's your deeps? <laughs> it's really. We don't that's care all I care about. Where you're from? Do you want to play? And that's it. It's just that simple. Yeah, people are people. And we can't really judge anybody when we're the nerds sitting on our asses for a few hours a night. You know, firing missiles at a demon. Hey, who's sitting on their ass for a few hours? I've been sitting on my ass for more than a few hours by this point. Oh, I am so sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to uh, underestimate the amount of pressure that you put your ass under. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I was, was going to say something, but I think I'm just going to refrain. God damn it. You're no fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, I think we're coming down to about the end of it. So if there are any last remarks you want to say about... MMOs in general, or about people who maybe want to get into MMOs, if you want to plug a website or anything else, go for it. Ari. MMOs are fun. Every single one is different. And if you would like to become a guild leader, it is a commitment. It is truly a commitment. And if you think that you can only do it for the short term, or you can do it in such a way where you really don't have to be around that much, know that it might not turn out the way that you want it to. Be ready to put in the time. And you know what, though? There are incredible rewards for it, really. Um, over the last couple of years, I've gone to weddings of members. I've invited members to my wedding. And we have fr- I have friends all over the U.S. now that I can go and visit whenever I travel. So I guess my parting word is it's more than just a game. And there are people on the other side of the screen. And you can really get to know them and treasure them. And I actually am not ashamed to say that not only did my best friend get me into WoW, 10 years ago, but I've made more best friends since. And yes, I'm the kind of person that believes you're allowed to have more than one best friend. So absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. People who know everything about me and I know everything about them and I met them in a game. Keep that in mind. And people say internet friendships aren't real. (laughs) Please. Oh man. Oh boy though. It was fun to invite Templars to my wedding. And my, my family was like, who are those people? Who are these nerds? Weirdest (laughs) shit in the corner. It was amazing. I almost want to divorce Carl and get married again just so I can invite you guys. There you go. Oh, we, we're great party people. We're fun at weddings. We were just at one. So I yeah. really desperately hope that you get a Templars thing off the ground because I am or a Templars meetup thing because I cannot handle airports, but I'm willing to get on one for all of you guys. 
There's so many I people I want to meet. So, so many. I have yeah, hugs to give two, up. The last two years have not been possible um, due to me getting married, which required a lot of time. And then uh, I got laid off because so, <laughs> life happens. So it's, it was just one of those I'm not in the in the sort of position to be able to do that. But maybe we might be able to do that within the next year. Sweet. Jarrett. Man, Sigmar's wedding sure worked out well then. You guys didn't have to go too far. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to make it. That was a good time. Uh, parting words for me. Um, I would have to say my number one thing for everyone listening, don't ever settle on something that is less than the best for you. You know, uh, Templars is an amazing fit, but it's not a fit for everyone. You know, over the past many years, we've had very few members leave, but you know, it's because they, they realize that there may have been something else for them. And that's the case with every guild, every association, every club. It doesn't matter. If you're not feeling like you are home and the people that you with, you're with are family, you know, you don't have to settle. And, um, you know, it's just, it's big, you know. Make sure that you're in a spot that makes you happy. And we play MMOs to be happy. And if you play alone or if you play with a group of people, However you do it, just make sure that you're happy doing it and don't ever settle for anything less than the best. I don't think I could have found a better guild than you guys, to be perfectly honest with you. It is everything that I wanted, and I love you guys, all of you. So We love you too, Anthem. Oh. Also, I'm still taking you through that mythic black rook, whether you like it or not, because I have that promises. quest. <laughs> We wanted to run a mythic black black rook last night. We couldn't do it, and I could tell when you logged off, you were like, I was super exhausted, very so. very frustrated because we were doing I forever, and unfortunately, Corey had to leave due to an emergency, and then Sage had to leave because she had to get up really really early in the morning, and we just could not finish it. And I actually after uh, after the show here in about two minutes, I actually had a like a question, but I I might just put it on the TRN. But sure. anyway, um, that is episode 82 of Made a Fail. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much to Guild Mom and Ray Daddy. That one's just for Kevin. <laughs> that one's just for Kevin. There we go. You got it. Just on for the Kevin. Air. I got it on the air, but I got to do it during a raid. So uh, never mind. You didn't hear that. Blackwald, you totally didn't hear that. I am not plotting against you to skew the odds in my favor. Anyway, okay. Episode 82. Thank you all for listening. Have a very good night. <laughs>